Hey everybody, before we get started today, I wanted to let you know about two incredible internship opportunities that we just posted for Rural Revival. One is for a rural communications intern and the other is for a rural graphic design intern. And together we have the incredible opportunity to help small towns and small businesses build their brands and bring revival to their communities. Get all the details at ruralrevival.co slash intern. And if you know someone who would be a good fit for this, please pass this along to them. Also, if you're a small town or business and want to be at the top of the list to work with our team, head to ruralrevival.co slash branding to check out our branding packages and get on the list. And now on to the podcast. Welcome to the Rural Revival podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today, we're with Callie Taylor Dayton of Maytree Farm in Maysville, West Virginia. Callie is a tourism pro turned economic developer and has a big heart for small towns and small businesses. She's sharing about her experiences with Maytree Farm, her family's mountain grown Christmas tree farm, and also about creating opportunities for her community and why there's a lot of rural opportunity right now. So here we go with Callie Taylor Dayton. Okay, well, we're here today with Callie Taylor Dayton of Maytree Farm in Maysville, West Virginia. Callie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on here, and I listen to your podcast religiously, so I'm very excited to be here. I love it. Well, start off by telling us a little bit about you. Have you always been a West Virginia girl? Yeah, so um, I'm born and raised in West Virginia. I'm from Petersburg, um, just a small little town in the Potomac Highlands. Um, Went to high school here, also um, exhibited show cattle all through my high school career and even afterwards in the local, state, and national levels. Um, So, yeah. I love it. Well, tell us a little bit about your family farm growing up and what that looked like and what that looks like today. Yeah, so um, my family... Started out by raising um, registered polled Hereford cattle. Um, That's what I exhibited primarily as well as market steers when I was um, in 4-H and still of age to do so. Um, Since then, my dad kind of expanded into his own thing with his brother, Mike, um, after college and deciding what he wanted to do. He's a full-time farmer. So him and his brother, Mike, decided to um, start their own farm in a little town called Maysville, which is still in Grant County, which is where we're from, um, about 15 minutes outside of Petersburg. The only thing that we have in Maysville is really like a little convenience store and the firehouse. (laughs) So super rural, but um, great place to live. So they started out with with, um, some purebred Herefords as well as commercial cattle, um, expanded into, you know, working with embryo transfer and things of that nature, but um, we're really based with cattle. We started out with cattle as well as having um, broiler chickens contracted through pilgrims, which is a huge poultry producer in our area. So um, cattle's in our blood. It's what we've been doing for a long time, and it's really cool just to be a part of it. And I also live in Maysville with my um, husband, Michael, and our sweet little Australian cattle dog named Bear. So. 
I love it. And you guys are actually in the heart of the Appalachian Mountains, right? Yeah, we are. Um, we're kind of right at the base of it. Um, there's just a start of a mountain right in front of our house. We live in a little farmhouse that um, is just down the road from the farm in Maysville. So we're right in the middle of everything. Your pictures are always so gorgeous. Yeah. Well, this is actually a really exciting and busy time of the year for you and your family because in addition to the cattle, you have May Tree Farm where you sell mountain-grown Christmas trees. So tell us about May Tree Farm. Yeah. So um, like I said, we started out as a cattle farm. We were never Christmas tree farmers until about seven years ago. Um, the Christmas tree farm borders my dad and uncle's um, cattle farm, and the original goal was to purchase the Christmas tree farm after the previous owner had um, sadly passed away, and then sell all the trees off of it and pasture it for cattle. Since um, we've gotten into it, we've really loved it and have decided to continue to plant trees every year and grow that business as well. Um, it definitely has been interesting and a challenge to learn and um, when we bought the farm we literally bought it in November so we jumped in like headfirst had to learn wholesale and choose and cut and you know get to know wow. our customers immediately so it was definitely an interesting experience I can only imagine <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much a family effort how does your family manage the busy season, which you're in now, and then also the year-round responsibilities of the tree farm? Yeah, so um, I want to think that we don't manage it because it seems just crazy sometimes, but we somehow pull it off all together. My dad's a full-time farmer. My uncle Mike um, works for Farm Service Agency, so he has a full-time job. I have a full-time job myself. My mother does, and my husband Michael does as well, um, so our weekends are nothing but Christmas tree farming, but uh, during the week, we all kind of go our separate ways and do what we got to do. But as for the tree farm, we were lucky enough that when we purchased the farm, um, it did basically come with one employee already. His name is Rich. He knows the business better than anybody, and we've been very thankful for him. So it's been great. We also, um, about a year and a half in, hired another employee. His name's Louie. He's originally from Puerto Rico and he worked on a harvest crew one year. My dad really liked him and decided to keep him on the farm. So we have those two guys to help us keep up with the tree farm uh, during the summers when things are less busy. Well, I think a Christmas tree farm seems like this nostalgic thing for a lot of us thanks to Hallmark, <laughs> but there's actually so much hard work that goes into it and it's a year long process. So you said you've been in the business for seven years. What does it look like when you're not in the busy season selling the trees? Yeah, so um, after December, we kind of let the guys take a little bit of a breather and a break because our busy season is seriously busy. It um, is nonstop for two months straight because <laughs> that's the only time of year we make our income uh, for that farm. So after the busy season's over, we're going to just kind of regroup and see what we can do better for next year. Um, the guys will begin trimming the trees again. We have about 70000 in production. Um, so wow. it's a lot for two people just to take on, but they trim and spray and, you know, just make sure the farm in its, its entirety is um, doing well and managing. So 
Yeah. Well, this year you've done something that I love. You have added a vintage Airstream shop to your setup, and it's been really fun following along just as you've gutted the Airstream and turned it into a farm store. So you're also featuring products from other local businesses in the store, right? And it's this is all part of the Christmas tree farm. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like a crazy story. Uh, for the longest time, I've wanted an Airstream, and I didn't really know what I was going to do with it until... Um, this summer, I was in Kansas City, Missouri for the um, Junior National Hereford Expo, exhibiting for my last time, and Paige of No Roots Boots was there selling her boots out of her Airstream, and um, about two days in, I finally, I was like, I'm going to go talk to her, you know, just see what it's about, so her and I met, we really... Um, just, I, I pumped the questions to her, everything I could find out, I did, and she was so helpful, and we've kept in touch since, but um, after that, I came home, and I searched around, and I found um, not an Airstream, but an Avion, and it was local, it was in Petersburg, the gentleman I knew really well, um, I kind of chatted with him about it, and I guess I wasn't quick enough because somebody came in and kind of bought it super quick after that, which is fine. Um, in my opinion, maybe that wasn't meant to be. So I waited a couple months and kept looking around. And finally, a friend messaged me and he was like, hey, I found this Airstream in Romney, which is like two counties over. Um, so I found it on Facebook, messaged the girl, uh, told my dad, I was like, hey, I really want to go look at this Airstream. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but. I think it's really cool. <laughs> so uh, for whatever reason, he went along with it and we went to Romney and looked at it and um, the it was an older gentleman that had it. He was super nice. Uh, the trailer was in great condition and we walked away from it that night and dad was like, okay, you know, we'll call him back like maybe on Friday or something. Just, you know, think about it and dad texted me that night and he was like, why don't you just go ahead and call him? He's like, we just as well get it. <laughs> so we did. Um, two days later, we went and picked it up and brought it back to my house, parked it in the driveway. And I think Michael thought I was absolutely ridiculous and crazy. <laughs> he was like, what are you going to do with this thing? Um, but so I was lucky enough to uh, snag some help from one of our farm hands. He's a high schooler and he helped dad make hay this summer. So for whatever reason, he volunteered to help me with this thing because he thought it was cool. So him and I gutted it and uh, redid it. And now it's parked at the tree farm selling some really cool local items out of it. I really, as I went through this project, thought, you know, there's so many local people, even farmers who make really awesome food, product, you know, just anything that haven't got to go out and vend this year because of COVID. And I thought maybe now's a chance that they could have an opportunity to sell and we could, you know, help them with that with our customer base. So it's been a really cool experience. I love that. Of course, that's totally right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, anyone who follows you knows how much you love helping out local businesses, just like you're doing in the Airstream. So why is this important to you? And what is it that you love about small businesses? I guess I just really love the camaraderie. Um, you know, growing up in a small town, a lot of the local businesses support each other. And we live basically in the middle of nowhere, but 
also in the middle of everything. So we always make the joke that, oh, you know, we have to drive over two mountains to go get anything, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> crazy, but it's true. Um, but our local businesses have really adapted and tried to carry, you know, as much as possible to make it easy for um, citizens to be able to just go and get what they need in town, which we've been really fortunate with. But no, I just love small business. And I guess it, you know, it stems from growing up here and being involved in agriculture and farming and knowing that small really can be impactful, which is a huge thing for, you know, an area like us is we're small, we don't have any big shopping malls or anything we're just tiny we have one grocery store and I love it like I would I would rather have one little grocery store than 20 malls in town so yeah on your Instagram you describe yourself as a tourism pro turned small town economic developer tell us a little bit about that I guess this kind of stems back to small business um after having uh, graduated high school and, you know, started into college, I kind of realized as Michael and I were, you know, had been together for a few years, we decided we wanted to move in together. Um, and I knew I needed a job if I was going to make that happen. So um, I originally took a job as a secretary of our local extension office and worked there for about a year until the um, role as executive director of the County Convention and Visitors Bureau came available. Um, I applied and believe it or not, once I applied, I guess in my heart, I didn't know if it was what I was ready for or wanted to do because in high school, I would have never told you that this is something I'd be doing now. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy to me to even think of. Um, I applied for the job got called for an interview and blew off the first interview didn't go because I just thought no this isn't for me so blew off the interview and then they called me back and they were like we really want to interview you we really think you'd be a good fit and I thought I blew them off the first time and they're still calling me like maybe I should really do this so <laughs> Um, finally I went to the interview and um, met a great group of people in that interview Luckily, they hired me, and it, I went to the interview a day before I was headed off to a cattle show, so it was kind of on a whim. Um, they called me while I was at the cattle show and asked me to join them, so I did that, um, and with that role of, you know, promoting tourism, I also got to manage the really cool uh, little visitor information center and store called the Southside Depot, and it's all about West Virginia made. Um, that's all the product that was in there. So I really enjoyed um, getting to manage a retail store as well um, before having started my own, I guess, in that sense. Um, but no, that was an amazing, amazing opportunity. And I, I to this day, I'm very thankful that I finally went to that interview. Um, but after having been there for a while, I got to meet some really amazing people that were on my board. One of them being the previous um, executive director of the Grant County Development Authority. And she decided to move on and um, pick a different role. So after she moved on, she kind of messaged me and said, hey, I really think you'd be a great fit to um, be the county developer. Why don't you give it a shot and, you know, apply? And I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know. I've only been, you know, director of the Convention and Visitors Bureau for eight months. This is crazy. Um, 
did it anyway. And I did not blow off that interview. I actually <laughs> went to it the first time when they called me um, and they hired me. So now I am the one that's in charge of attracting new businesses, um, retaining the businesses that we have and just promoting overall economic development in our county. Um, with that, I'm still I actually sit on the Convention and Visitors Bureau board now, which is crazy. Um, I'm on the board of the Chamber of Commerce. I'm heavily involved in some really cool um, recreation development projects as well. So it's been cool to go from fully tourism to partially tourism and every other industry you can think of in our area. So, Yeah. What have been some of the most fun or exciting projects that you've gotten to work on? Um, one of the coolest projects I think that I've got to um, work on was Mon Forest Towns um, Partnership, which is a partnership between 10 towns that are gateway um, communities to the Monongahela National Forest. Um, our national forest houses Dolly Sods Wilderness, which is a super popular um, recreation area for many counties. So I've really been heavily involved with that project. I'm actually the secretary of that partnership. Um, our goal is to bring a heavier recreation-based economy to all these towns. So it, um, obviously our area is super um, recreation-based. That's, you know, fishing, hunting, um, hiking, biking, all these different things. We have it all. And I think we're really positioned greatly to expand on our recreation tourism. Uh, and with Mon Forest Towns, we actually... Um, Petersburg was asked to join um, Hubcap's program. It's through West Virginia um, Community Development Hub and its Communities of Achievement. And so with that, they are helping us further our recreation-based um, economy. And it's amazing. All of these wonderful leaders in our, our county and our towns are coming together and really honing in on what makes our town great and what we can do to enhance it. So economic development in a rural community can be tricky, right? <laughs> Very tricky. Do you have any, have you found any keys that have been helpful as you have, you know, gotten more familiar in this role and done some of these projects and recruited some businesses? Well, um, it's been interesting since I've started. I've only been doing this for about four months now. Okay. And since then, <laughs> since then, um, Virgin Hyperloop has announced that they are locating their Hyperloop Certification Center in Grant County, which is huge for us. Um, you know, I, I was worried whenever they came out and announced that, that maybe, you know, our communities wouldn't think, think the same way I was thinking and that it was a good thing. Um, but I've noticed that really our people care about what happens in this county. They want good things. Um, at times there will be backlash. There always will be, um, no matter what, because development is messy. It's always messy. Um, you can't please everybody, but I do know that just working with our locals is the best thing to do and understanding where they're coming from. You know, I'm boots on the ground. I live here with them. I have to look at these people in the face every day if I bring, you know, a bad business to town. So for me, it's really just understanding where our locals come from and considering that whenever I am working on projects that could change the way our county operates. Yeah. 
Well, and flipping back to your tourism role a little bit, I think a struggle, we'll just call it that, that small towns can have is how do I get people interested in my town? How do I get the word out? How do I how do I get publicity about my town? So do you have any words of advice there? Um, well, I'm a big social media nerd. Um, I have been ever since we kind of got into the um, whole tree farm scheme of things. That's where I really found my niche was um, marketing and PR. So for me, you know, communicating through social media and showcasing the really amazing things that we have going on in our downtown has made a huge difference. Um, that's not to say that COVID hasn't attracted a lot of people here because we're so remote and we offer a lot of opportunities to socially distance out in the wild. So, um, but no, I think social media is a great tool and even, you know, just word of mouth is amazing as far as it can travel. But um, we really have focused in on honing in on our community and what they're interested in. And when you have a community that is proud of what they've accomplished, where they are, who they are, they'll really rally around you and, you know, put good things out there about your area. So that's really important to me. Yeah. And I'm with you. I mean, I've said all through this COVID thing, this is a huge opportunity for our rural communities because they're, they look really attractive right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think we have to jump at those opportunities um, and show people what our towns have to offer. So maybe that'll inspire someone listening too to just promote what you have because people are, are looking for a way to get out of the city and a reason to come, you know, to the remote areas. Yeah, I really hope so. And, you know, that even with COVID, we've been, you know, considering with the tree farm, what are some unique things we could do, you know, next summer? Um, you know, even if it's like a little food opportunity with live music and drinks, you know, just things like that to get people out. Um, we have lots of room to spread out out there. So for us, too, it's just, you know, exploring the different options and getting creative. I mean, when I was um, working at Southside Depot during whenever COVID first started, we had to shut down for a month um, just, you know, because we had an executive order, a stay-at-home order. And I was like, what? You know, like, I've got to find something that can roll in a little bit of money and bring people together. So I started like a wine club with all West Virginia wines. It was super cool. We'd get on Zoom and ladies would have their wine and we made little charcuterie boxes. You know, just being creative, I think, keeps you on top, keeps you on your toes and keeps people interested. I love that so much. Well, what excites you most about the future of rural America? Oh, that's a good one. You know, I really just think that it's awesome to see rural towns making a difference. Um, even in times with COVID, we're really resilient. We try to, you know, be creative, do things that no one else has thought of to get spirits up and going. I know we've had a lot of um, interesting festivals this year for our town. We've done a scarecrow festival. We're doing a Christmas lights contest, you know, just things like that, that the community really rallies around. We haven't had any lack of um, spirit when it comes to our little small town. And I just really think that our community um, has been great about rallying around each other during a time of need. And I see that happening all across America. So I'm really, 
you know, thrilled about seeing what else rural can develop because we may be small, but we're mighty. Absolutely. And the opportunity is right there right now. So that's definitely exciting. Well, what's next for you, whether that's with Maytree Farm or with Grant County or other things that you have going on? Well, I plan, obviously, um, to stay in my role with the Development Authority, but um, the Tree Farm we're always looking to expand and do new cool things with. Um, with the Airstream this year, I guess it has been somewhat of a void that I'm filling since I don't get to manage the Southside Depot anymore because I really loved um, running retail. So I really want to work to expand that. My dream is to have a brick and mortar one day because um, a major, not necessarily major, um, but pretty um, new highway cuts our Christmas tree farm in half um, and directs people from Northern Virginia and DC up into Tucker County, which is a huge tourism draw. So we're right there along the road. And I'd love to um, eventually have some sort of brick and mortar that offers all the local foods and items, as well as maybe some, um, you know, grab and go offerings as well. So I'm going to work towards that. Um, continue to do what I can to help out the county and other farmers and small businesses because I love it so much. And, um, my husband, Michael, and I are recently married just in May, so we really want to build a house because we're just in a little rental house right now just down by the farm that we love. So, um, yeah, just a good mixture of everything, I guess. Well, that sounds great. How do we follow along? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Kelly Taylor Dayton. You can also follow the tree farm at May Tree Farm, or you can find us on Facebook as well. Okay, perfect. Well, we will link to that in the show notes. Callie, thank you for taking time out of your very busy December to uh, jump on the podcast with us. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and I appreciate the opportunity. Well, I love Callie's heart for small businesses and everything she does to support other small local businesses in her area. And I can't wait to see what she does next. Be sure to check out the show notes and give her a follow on social media. I trust you're super inspired from today's episode and probably have a handful of people you know that would love to hear it. So go ahead and text them the link and leave us a kind review while you're at it so we can keep spreading the rural revival message far and wide. And stay tuned in with us on Instagram and Facebook at Rural Revival Co. to keep updated on this podcast and all things Rural Revival related. And we'll catch you next time on the Rural Revival Podcast. Have a great day, everybody.